Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد الشاكرين رب شرحي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأخلة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Dear brothers and sisters We'll continue إن شاء الله tonight لتفسير سورة الأعلى We started the surah last time two weeks ago and remember that this surah came in the revelation in the order as we said, this was the eight, Surah number 8 after Surah Al-Alaq, then Al-Muddathir, then Surah Al-Qalam, then Al-Muzzammil, then we did Surah Al-Fatiha, then Surah Al-Masr, then Surah Al-Takwir, and now we are doing Surah Al-Alaq. So this is Surah number 8 in the order of Revelation. And we mentioned that this Surah still comes at the early stage of the Revelation of Islam, still laying down the ground and the foundation of this whole Islamic Dawah, uh, introducing one more time and confirming the issue of who is the Rabb of the world, and that Allah Azza begins the Surah with Sabbih Isma Rabbika glorify and gratify and make sure that this is of the highest level, the name of your Rabb, this is the highest, and who is this Rabb? الذي خلق فسوى the one who made all the creation and he made all the creation in order فسوى he's not only created things and that's it he created them and he made them right and correct والذي قدر فهدى and he also had uh, uh, created everything in order and he provided the guidance the proper guidance to each and every one of his creation and we mentioned that the guidance that Allah provided to the world, whether it's to the world of animals, to the world of insects, to the world of the fish, to the world of the birds, to the world of the universe, to the planets, celestial bodies, all of these are, they have their own internal guidance, which is uh, the orders, the regulations as set by Allah Each and every thing is, uh, is guided to exactly what it's supposed to do. Now the humans, the humans are different. The guidance given to the humans is through the Prophet and through messengers in general. And we talked about that at length, and that is the connection where Allah is talking about We are going to read into you, Ya Muhammad, the Quran, the revelation from Allah such that you will never forget. Allah will read into him or to him Allah will provide this revelation to Muhammad in a manner that he doesn't forget. 
And then before that, Allah continues to show or to speak about the favors he bestows upon this world, where he says, It's Allah the one who brings the grasses and the meadows out of the ground, or the trees, the grasses, the bushels, everything that comes out of the ground, every type of food. Quite often when people have shortage of food, and this is something I think I spoke about earlier, the, the, the main fundamental theory behind the current economic system in the world today, which is capitalism, it is what is called relative scarcity. Relative scarcity, they claim, Adam Smith and Ricardo, they claim that the resources in the world, the food, basically that's what the people at the end of the day they need. It's not that the gold, we need the gold in order to purchase food. It's not the metals or machines because at the end of the day you need to bring something to eat and to acquire. They claim that those resources are limited and they are not sufficient. They are not enough to the people. That's why the people have to struggle and fight for them. And that's why they accept internally a concept of poverty that there is a certain amount of people will always be short of getting some of the supplies of food. Here Allah is reminding right from the day one, right from the very beginning of Islam, look, Allah is the one who delivers out of this ground al-mar'ah. Al-mar'ah is the food. It's the grasses, it's the trees that our animals eat and that we also eat. And that's where we get al-mar'ah, everything that you get. In fact, it comes from al-mar'ah is a derivative of the word ra'ah. And ra'ah is like a shepherd. It's like something that you take care of. That's why the Prophet ﷺ in a hadith he says, Al-Imam Ra'i. The Imam is a Ra'i. The Imam is the one who provides Mar'a, the Ri'ayah, taking care of people. So Allah is the one who brings this Mar'a, this issue that the people look forward to eat from, to eat and to feed their cattle, their animals. So it is Allah who brings this up. He is the one who delivers this from the ground. He is the one who makes it grow. No matter how much rain you have, quite often some people they say, Oh, subhanAllah, we have lots of rain this year. But at the end of the season, you will have a heat that will take it all away. Ah, the next ayah. And it's Allah who makes out of these grasses, out of this food, out of these trees. At the end of the day, at some point of time, it is like Wutha. It is mentioned in other places in the, in the Quran and in the hadith of the Prophet like the river, flowing river, it carries on top of it something like foam. The foam on top of the river and that foam sometimes carries uh, uh, grasses, small woods, uh, things which are rubbish, which are not very useful. That's wutha. That's why the hadith says wutha'un ka wutha'i when he talks about the, the status of the Ummah, of the Muslim Ummah, he says, there will come a day for this Ummah, the people of the world, the nations of the world, they will invite one another against you, against the Ummah, so that you, each country will chop off one piece, like you are a piece of cake or a piece of food or piece of pizza or whatever, then the nations, that's how the Ummah will be, the nations like the US, Britain, France, Russia, China, each one of them say, you take this piece, no, you take that piece. France will take Lebanon, uh, Britain will take Jordan, America will take Afghanistan and Iraq, Russia will take Syria. It is 
Then the Sahaba, this is the catch here for the world. They say, why is it because we are so few in number? Because our Ummah is so. He said, no, no, actually you would be too many. Just like today, we are 1.5 billion. Absolutely large number. 1.5 billion, 1,500 million people. It's a huge number. You are just like that thing on top of that floats on top of the river, which is useless. On floating on top of the river with weightless, doesn't have weight. And here Allah says, I am the one who brings the food and the grasses out of the ground, and I am the one who make it that. There will come a time, it may be useless. And we talked about this in Surah Al-Qalam, when Allah reported the story about the people, those group of people who had a garden, the garden had lots of fruits and lots of vegetables and lots of goodies, and then they decided out of a sudden that we will not allow any people, those deprived people, the poor, we will not allow them to get any of that food. So that food that comes from the garden, we will take it, we will grab it, we will eat it by ourselves, we will collect it, we will accumulate it, and those who are poor, deprived, we will not allow them. None of the miskins shall enter that garden. And then Allah told about this then عَلَيْهَا طَائِفٌ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ فَأَصْبَحَتْ كَالصَّرِيمٌ And while they were asleep, Allah sent something from, from the heavens, from the from, from pump, some uh, tornado, some storm, whatever Allah had, طَائِفٌ مِنْ رَبِّكَ Something circulating, you know, the circulating like a tornado circulates. I don't know if it's a tornado Allah is talking about or anything else. Something that Allah decided to take out that garden. Then it became absolutely useless. It became leveled to the ground, just like a solid rock. And here Allah says, repeating the same story, that it is He who derives out of the ground, delivers out of the ground, out of the earth. He is the one who produces all of these goodies and food and al-mar'a. But then also remember that Allah has the capability and He can do it, it becomes wuthaq, useless. As-sarim, just like the garden of those uh, uh, filthy rich people who, doesn't, who don't want to provide from the resources they have to the world. Going back to the theory of capitalism, it's the resources are so scarce. They are not enough for everybody. So let's grab as much as we can, which is not true. Allah made abundance of resources. Allah is the one who is akhraj al-mar'a. It's enough for everybody. Just give everybody his own right. Don't take more than you deserve. Because it is He, Allah who is capable at the end of the day, at any point of time, to take it out. Ahwa means blackened, dark. In fact, the word huwa or hawa or hawa or ahwa, this word, it is a derivative of the color black. It is something that's dark, it's black. So the, the, the grasses, the widows, the, the, the meadows, all of these trees, once they, they become like they have been burned, something has burned them, so you, they are useless, absolutely. So then remember that Allah is a Rabb al is the highest Rabb that you bow down to. Remember that Allah is the creator. He's the one who creates. Remember that his creation is always in, always in best order, perfect order. As he said in Surah uh, uh, Zaytun, 
خلق الانسان في احسن تقويم he created the, the human in the best possible والذي قدر فهذا he makes the تقدير everything in, in order everything is time everything is balanced there is a balance in everything there is a balance in the universe there is a balance in the human body itself there is a balance maintained by the brain there is a balance within the blood there is a balance within the metabolism of the food there is a balance in the what lives in the world and what does not live there is a balance beneath beneath the sea in the in the in the uh, uh, in the species that live in the oceans there is balance everything there is a balance in the air the air that we breathe from the oxygen from the uh, monoxide the the, uh, the the carbon the nitrogen the hydrogen there is a balance of that. If that balance is distorted, we will not be able to breathe. At any point of time, you go to a position where the oxygen is less than the percentage where how it's supposed to be in the, in the atmosphere, you will be suffocating. If it has more of the nitrogen, you will die. It will, it's it's uh, toxic. So there is a balance. That's a taqdeer. A taqdeer is with balance. He made the balance, he made the scale, everything is absolutely balanced, and then he guided everyone to use that balanced thing in the way Allah created. So the world at large, no one, nothing in the world disturbs the balance except the human. The only one, because everybody has his hidayah, everybody has his own guidance. The stars in the world, they move in their orbit, they never change. The sun goes, with shamsu tajri li mustaqarrillah. The shams, the sun, goes around exactly based on the order and the, and the orbit Allah has designated for it. That never changes that, never moves in a different orbit. The moon, when qamara qaddarnahu manazil, and the moon we have determined its positions exactly. The animals you will never see a cow or even a pig or even a mosquito or even a fly that will do something that it has not been doing for, for, for ages. If a certain animal has been eating a certain type of grass thousand years ago, it will continue to eat the same thing. It doesn't change. It's not going to go and say, okay, now let me tap into the following type of food. It won't do that. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. The only one, the only one who does not follow the guidance, as Allah said, except with his ration, based on his decision is the human. That's why Allah sends to the human prophets and messengers to show them that guidance. And that's the next ayah after when he says will provide you with a wahi, with the revelation, with the guidance. This guidance which is meant to the humans who are not supposed to disturb the balance of Allah the balance that Allah created with their will, with their ideas, with their thoughts, do not disturb that balance based on the hidayah that Allah provided to Muhammad. Remember in Surah Al Rahman, where Allah says, I created this whole world, I taught the people the Quran, I taught the man how to speak, and, how, and I made balance, I made skills. Never disturb the balance. Always establish justice. Never lose the balance. Never disturb the balance. That's the whole issue of the guidance. The guidance that Allah has provided to Muhammad and he provided it in a manner 
that it will never be lost. We will make sure that you will never forget whatever I told you. And that is in the same line like the previous surah which we talked about in Surah Al-Takwir where he talked about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ بِالْأُفُقِ الْمُبِينِ وَمَا هُوَ عَلَى الْغَيْبِ بِضَلِينَ This Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw Jibreel for sure and Muhammad will never hide anything that Allah Azza wa Jal provided for him. From the ghayb that comes from Allah Azza wa Jal beyond this world, he will never hide anything, he will never forget anything, he will never keep hold anything back, say, oh, okay, this thing I'm not going to tell the people about. And that brings us to the issue that, you know, sometimes you have an idea, you have a thought about Islam, you have a hukum. You say, you know, I'm not going to say that because the people, they don't like it. I will hold it to myself. This is too tough. Let's say if some sister comes and asks the question, oh, brother, do you know, is it too necessary for a sister to have a hijab? I say, oh, if I tell her, yeah, it is a form, maybe if she has only a scarf partially, she may drop it off. I say, you know, sister, later we'll talk about it. Will you grow more mature? No, this is the hukum shari'a from Allah Azza wa Jal. It's from Allah Azza wa Jal. He said, for the moment, for the believers to wear their jubab and to cover their heads and to cover the upper of their chest, it's a hukum. You cannot hide it. The Prophet Sallallahu was never hiding anything. And that is, here سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَى Not only you don't hide, but you don't forget. إِلَّا مَا شَاءُ اللَّهِ Unless Allah chooses otherwise, and we spoke about this last time, this is just repeating it, because in the in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah mentioned to us, مَا نَنْسَخْ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا نَأْتِ بِخَيْرٍ مِنْهَا أَوْ مِثْلِهَا Allah says, if I decide, if Allah decides to change an ayah, or replace it, or take it out, then it's up to Allah Azza wa Jal to take it out or keep it. means we make you forget it. Anything that Allah Azza wa Jal decides that he will take it out of the brain of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he will do it. It's not that we don't work like that. If I give you a name, I tell you this is a cup of water and you see it, and then after a second I say, forget what I have just told you. You will not forget. It's not, you cannot forget things by your will. You cannot forget something by you say, oh, I want to forget the name of this brother. I want to forget the image. You cannot. Unless something happens to your brain, then you start forgetting. But forgetting is not by the will. Memorizing its will, it's, it's, a, it's a willful act. If, I, if you want to memorize something, you say, okay, I, I look at something, I need to memorize it. You do something in your brain, you memorize it. I want to memorize a surah, surah al-a'la. I read it once, twice, three, three times, I can memorize it. Once I memorize it, I cannot forget it by my will. I say, okay, this ayah I want to forget. You can't do that. Allah Azza wa says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will not forget what I tell you unless I choose to. Which means Allah takes out something from the brain of Muhammad وسلم, so he will forget it. Because he says, Whether we take out an ayah, which means we take it out, means we will tell you that this ayah is no longer valid. It's still there in the Quran, but it's not valid. But means we take it out altogether, you will forget it, it will never be in your brain. 
So Allah Azza wa Jal may deliver something to the brave of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or may take it out. That is a specific act to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's part of the miraculous act. It's an act by Allah Azza wa Jal for the Prophet alone. No one is capable of forgetting by his will or something that you just had except Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when Allah Azza wa Jal takes it out from his from his brain. As the ayah says here, we will read him to you such that you will not forget. That's the exception. Unless Allah chooses otherwise. So it is the will of Allah that determines what stays in the brain of Muhammad. So whatever comes from Muhammad, peace be upon him. And he doesn't hide anything. So look at this. Whatever is fixed in his brain, he will not hide it. So whatever is in his brain, and he delivers that, that is the wahi. So the wahi, the Quran, the wahi from Allah is exactly what is delivered by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So no one in the world can dare or can say that there is part of the wahi which is not revealed. There is part of the part of the wahi from Allah which is not given from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Absolutely not. So anything. And this is important. Anything that I bring, or you bring, or any shaykh, or any alim, or any disciple, just like the, the Christian disciples, anyone who would come and say, this is a wahi, this is from Allah Azzawajal, but has no reference to that, from Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, either in the Quran or in the Sunnah, the correct Sunnah, we tell him, no sir, that's not wahi. The only wahi, the only revelation, which means, which means the only thing that Allah wants us to worship Him with is whatever the Prophet delivered. And whatever Muhammad delivered, that's exactly what the Wahi was. Nothing more, nothing less. Absolutely nothing more, nothing less. There is nothing beyond what Muhammad delivered that can be called Wahi. And that's important. Why? Because today, when we say, I want to worship Allah Azza wa Jal, I worship Allah only based on the Wahi. I can't worship Allah based on what I want. It's not mine, it's not up to me. I cannot dictate the way I worship Allah. I cannot dictate the way I please Allah Azza wa Jal. I cannot dictate the way I should behave and claim this is Islam. I cannot do that. It's not up to me. It has to be the Wahi. And Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, He made an issue out of this, even to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when He says, Follow exactly what is revealed to you. And then in response to that, in response, Allah told Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, tell the people, Tell them, I follow nothing but what is being revealed to me. Beware lest that they deviate you from anything that has been revealed to you. So the revelation is the issue. The revelation is the issue. And the revelation is given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the revelation is given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a manner that he doesn't forget it. And the revelation is given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a manner that he doesn't forget it and he doesn't hide it or hold it back. So the entire revelation is revealed. The entire revelation is revealed. And not only that, 
whatever comes from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that is what constitutes a revelation. Beyond that is not Islam. Beyond the revelation is not Islam. Brothers, this is serious. The civil code is not Islam. It's not revelation because it's not revelation. Anything that comes from Jack Jack Russell, Jack Jack Russell doesn't receive wahi. Anything that comes from Voltaire, that's not wahi, that's not revelation. Anything that has to do with the people, they say this is the people, they gather in the Congress or in the Parliament, they make a law. Big deal, let not only 500, 500 million gather in the same place and make a law, that's not revelation. You may like it, you may dislike it, you may think, wow, it's good. Brilliant, excellent idea. That's not revelation. That is not revelation. Allah Azza wa Jal made all these concepts about the revelation so that we don't make mistakes. Remember in Surah Taqweer when he talked about Jibreel? When he talked about the shams kuwarat, and the nujum kadarat, and the jibad sujarat, and the ishar uttalat, and the wuhush ujarat, and the bihar sujarat, and the mawudat sujarat, and the mawudat sujarat, and the mawudat sujarat, and the mawudat and the mawudat والليل إذا عسعس والصبح إذا تنفس إنه لقول رسول كريم. It is the قول of رسول كريم جبريل. ذي قوة. He's powerful. عند العرش العرش مكين. He's well established. مطاع. He's well obeyed. ثم ثم أمين. He's honest. Talking about this whole chain of revelation. Talking about a an entity called جبريل, an angel that carries the revelation with all those characteristics. Why do I need to know all these characteristics about Jibreel? Because Allah wants me to understand that this is protected by all means. He did not send an angel that can be beaten. Let's say, of course, subhanAllah, no angel can be beaten. But he's talking about Jibreel, a powerful Jibreel, a strong Jibreel, an honest Jibreel, a mighty Jibreel. And then he talks about the Prophet that this Prophet doesn't hold the wahi and he doesn't forget. All secure. Secure link, if you will, as we talked last time. And then Allah says, This is more characteristics about Allah. Allah Remember? Now, Allah knows. <laughs> last time I was speaking this. The spying organizations in the world, the world today is centered around spying organizations. The biggest, strongest organization in the United States, the CIA and FBI. Biggest, strongest organization in Russia is the KGB. Biggest, strongest organization in Britain is the MI6. Biggest, strongest organization in the Middle East are the Mukhabarat and the intelligence. But those are mysterious type of organizations. What is it that they know? They know a lot. They spy and they know. But they know everything that's public. If you say something, they know. But if it's inside, they don't know. And here Allah comes and says, look, I know external and internal. I know what goes out of your tongue and I know what goes inside yourself. I know the intention within yourself before you eat, before they make it to your brain, before they make it to your tongue, before you utter them, I know them. You cannot beat that. This is Arab that you cannot hide from them. This is a rub that you cannot deceive. 
يخادعون الله والذين امنوا وما يخدعون الا انفسهم if you try to deceive Allah forget it you will be deceiving yourself that's what the Quran says يخادعون الله يخادعون they try to deceive and trick Allah hide away things from him you can't do that وما يخدعون الا انفسهم you actually be deceiving yourself because you forget that this Allah knows everything knows the external and the internal the outside and the inside يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ويسرك اليسر and that's Allah is giving it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remember this da'wah is starting and Muhammad peace be upon him needs now his personal guidance as a prophet now you go to a new job you get training you get supervision you are a new job Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a prophet a new prophet. He has not been a prophet before. He has not worked as a messenger for another God. SubhanAllah, there is no other God to work for. So he's a prophet, a messenger, a new. And in front of all the society of Mecca and the Kufr and the Jahiliyyah and the Shirk, there are lots of dilemmas around. And he needs all the supervision, all the guidance, all the support. So part of the guidance is telling him, don't worry about the Quran, I will take care of it, you will not forget it. Like in the other in Surah Al-Qiyamah, where he says, وَلَا تُحَرِّكْ لِسَانَكَ بِهِ لِتَعْجَلَ بِهِ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنًا Don't even try to utter the Qur'an with your tongue while you are being read into it. Like when Allah Azza wa Jal is revealing to him, سَبِّحْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْعَلَى The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will be repeating, سَبِّحْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْعَلَى Don't do that. He says, we'll take care of it. That's one. Now he says, وَنُيَسِّرُكَ لِلْيُسْرَى And whenever you will be active, we will make sure that you will always take the best and easiest approach. Whatever approach we will give you, we will be al-yusr. Al-yusr means like in Surah Al-Ashar. Inna ma'an yusr yusra, inna ma'an yusr yusra. You know that al-yusr is difficult. Al-yusr is smoothness, something smooth. Not the smoothie of the drinks, smooth, nice. Elegant, something that is absolutely without hardship. And Allah says, That doesn't mean though that now, if I want to choose between two things, then I say, Oh, it is much easier, much smoother for me not to speak out my ideas in public because if I speak them in public, I may have some, I may have some hardship. And after all, Allah says, when you are still that's, isn't that what's supposed to mean? No. What this means is, whatever Allah provides Muhammad whatever revelation he gave him, that is a yusra. That is a yusra. When he says, when you are means that the path I am providing you, ya Muhammad, is a yusra. When I tell you, when I give you an ayah, and I revealed something for you, and you have to go and announce this surah or this ayah within the society of Mecca, just like the previous one in the surah Taqweer when he says, وَإِذَا الْمَوْعُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيْهِ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ When he's tackling the issue of the child being buried alive, that is difficult. In the society, that's difficult because he will be face to face with the, with the kuffar of Mecca, those who made this stupid act. But that is a yusra. That is a yusra. When he reads loud, Tabbat yada abi lahabi watab, Abu Lahab is not going to like that. He says, Curse be to Abu Lahab. 
cursing the hands of Abu Lahab and the wife of Abu, Abu Lahab. Those are absolutely insane, ridiculous people. Abu Lahab would not like that either. And he said, is Al-Yusra. See, Al-Yusra, because sometimes you say, oh, Al-Yusra, the smooth, the nice, the non-difficult thing, is just to go easy about Abu Lahab. You don't have to tackle Abu Lahab, it's easier. It is the easy, the easy thing is to tackle Abu Lahab. So today sometimes you say, oh brother, why do you have to spill it outright about those tyrants in the Muslim world and the governors and the rulers, those who, who oppress the people? That makes it difficult for you. That's difficult. You could go to jail for it. You could be persecuted. Be, have some wisdom. Do al-yusra, because Allah has said, what do you al-yusra? We said, brother, tell them, Allah Azza wa Jal, al-yusra, al-yusr, the smooth thing, the smooth, the non-difficult, the correct, smooth, absolutely, with no worries, path, is the one that will put the challenge right in front of the kuffar. So, tabbat yada abi lahab was a smooth, was al-yusra. And tabbat yada bashar al-asad is al-yusra. That's yusra too. When you say the same thing about Bashar, about King Abdullah, about the kings of all of these uh, countries, that is a Islam. So no one can come and say, oh, you are choosing al Rusul, path Rusul, the difficult path. Because Allah Azza wa Jal said to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whatever path I am giving you is a Yusra. So whatever path Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did, whatever method he has taken, Whatever strategy he has taken, whatever tackles he did with the society of Mecca, that was the Muslim. So it's not the other way around. Because sometimes we make big mistakes. We say, I don't, brothers, don't do that. Don't speak out loud. Don't speak your opinion right in the public. The other day I was giving a khutbah and I mentioned the visit of Obama to the Jordan and to Palestine and to the occupied land in by the Jews. And it's, it's, it's a trip, it's a planned trip in order to undermine the revolution, the Islamic revolution happening in Syria to, to subjugate it to some type of, of pressure from King Abdullah and from, the, from Israel and from others and to make sure that the Israel is well respected and no one is going to, 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 to tackle it. That is something which is correct. It's a value. Oh, why do you have to speak about that? This is puts you in jeopardy. No, the jeopardy, the jeopardy, otherwise we would have said, Oh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, by saying, he put himself in jeopardy. No, that was al-yusr. Al-yusr, al-yusr is to speak whatever is correct. That's the method of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that's what Allah guided him. So when we read, when we al-yusra, it means that whatever, we tell you to do whatever path we give you, whatever Quran we reveal to you, whenever you bring it up to the people, that is a Yusra. Not the other way around. That is a Yusra. What we assume? I spoke about this Dakir. Dakir remind. And I think this was mentioned in Surah Al Qalam. Dhakir means remind. Subhanallah. You remind someone who already has the knowledge. 
You don't remind me of something that I did not know earlier. Right? So when I say, I want to remind you of your duty. So you must have known that duty before. If you don't know it, that's not a reminder. That's a new statement. So when Allah is telling Muhammad فذكر, remind, because the reminder can be useful, or it may be useful, or it can be useful. This is, there are different interpretations of the ayah, of this in, in naf'at, meaning just in case it may be useful, or in another interpretation it says, it is useful, in naf'at means actually it is useful to remind, but remember, how is it that the Prophet is asked to remind people of something that supposedly they have not acquired before or they don't have knowledge before? Knowledge about what? About Allah, the name of Allah, the highest Rabb, the Rabb who is elevated, the Allah who created, Allah who made the determination and, the, and everything in time. Then we come to the conclusion that these people of Mecca, the Kuffar of Mecca, it is not true, it's not true that they were ignorant of the fact that Allah is the Rabb. It's not true. They know that. It's not true, it's not true that they look at Muhammad and they say this Muhammad cannot be a prophet. No, it's not true. It's not true that these people believe or accept the fact that Muhammad was generating the Quran. No, these people know. They know the facts. They know the facts. They know that Muhammad cannot be the one who writes the Quran. Because they know Muhammad and they know his style and they know his wording. This Quran cannot be the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They know that. They know that these stupid things around the Kaaba cannot be gods. These are things that sometimes one day they made a god out of dates. And when they became hungry, they ate it. And they said, The Arabs ate their own god. And they know, because the Quran put them under the challenge. Look at this stupid god of you. When the fly comes on, stands on top of that god, and takes part of the dust, that poor god doesn't even, cannot even, Tell the fly go, can do nothing. So they know that. And we know that Al Walid bin Al Mughira, the top elite, the top elite of Mecca, at one day he explicitly said, This man, Muhammad, cannot be the one who is writing the Quran. This Quran cannot be the word of a human. This Quran cannot be anything but from a God. This is something absolutely wonderful. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It is always at the highest position and cannot be beaten, this Quran. From beneath, it is so rich. When the Quran, you look at it at the top, it is absolutely fruitful. And it cannot be the word of a human. So they know. But their arrogance, their defiance, their state of denial, if you will, state of denial, and their nationalistic bonds, and their benefits, their self-benefits, prevent them from accepting the belief. So Allah Azza wa Jal 
he says here, فذكر النفعات الذكرى just remind them of the fact of those things that they know. It's not stating facts, remind them. So when we come to the world today and we make a reminder, we say, look, capitalism is not working. Democracy is a false. All of this liberating of the mind that you are claiming, you, you really you are deceiving the people. That's not true. People are locked out of their thinking today. They have, they have more constraints on their thought than any time, other time in the world. They are constrained by the fear of their risk, their wealth, constrained by the fear of death, constrained by the power of the, the, uh, the powerful elements around them. They are constrained by their own desires. They are constrained by all types of things. Constrained by the information that's hidden from them. Constrained by the realities that sometimes are hidden from people. They are many things. tell them this is not true. I'm just reminding you of some facts. I remind you of the fact that Islam worked for 1300 years and it was absolutely wonderful. I remind you of the fact that Islam, when it ruled, no poor was allowed to be in the Muslim country, in the Islamic country at all. I remind you of the fact that this Quran was never deviated, was never altered, was never played with. It is the original book. I remind, this is a reminder. Just in case someone can come to his senses and accept this reminder. Say, of course, who is going to, to remember? Remember here, it's not that I was, I forgot. You know, sometimes you would think, oh, I forgot, remind me. If I forgot and you remind me, it's okay. But sometimes it's the state of denial that you claim that you are not abiding by an idea. You are purposely claiming that you forget it or you don't want to use it. So at any point of time, at any point of time, if I bring back to you the notion, look, you are a believer, you are a Muslim. You know, someone is doing some, some haram act. He's lying, maybe abusing some people, abusing his wife, battering her, not taking care of his children. All it takes, this person who is Forgetful of his duties, said, Brother, come on, let me remind you. Let me remind you of something. Do you think that you are going to stay here forever? You will go to Allah Azza wa Jalla and you will be accountable for these things. Don't you know that? Oh, I do. He said, You are going to die, correct? Yes, of course. So I remind you of your death. I remind you of what comes after death. I remind you of the fact that Allah Azza wa Jalla sees you. Allah sees what you are doing behind the closed doors. When you close your door and you bring the stick and you beat your wife, you think nobody knows about that? Allah Azza wa Jal knows. You bring this issue. When you go and steal some money, you work at some place and then uh, you are uh, trusted with some wealth, and then you put some money in your, in your pocket, some of the cash. So nobody knows about the cash. People know about the check and the credit cards, but cash is cash, so I take that. Allah Azza wa Jal knows. So you remind. If someone has the least fear of Allah Azza wa and he really fears the fact that Allah Azza wa can punish him and will punish him, then he will be reminded and he will take a reminder. He will take a note of that. Say, ذَكَّرُ مَنْ يَخْشَى وَيَتَجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَى يَتَجَنَّبُهَا يَتَجَنَّبْ means he will stay aside. He will let go of. He will not abide by. الأشقى 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 is the worst miserable 
Shaqin. The word Shaqin. Shaqin is the opposite of happy. Happy is someone who is nice, smooth, good. Shaqin is miserable, is bad, is sinner, is sinful. That's a Shaqin. Al-Ashqa is the worst of. Is the worst of a sinner. Is the worst of the miserable. Is the worst of the one who is misguided. That Ashqa he will skip or, or sidestep, if you will, sidestep the reminder. Meaning, meaning that the most miserable, the kuffar, the mushrikeen, the one who don't want Islam, the hofty, the arrogant ones, they will try to sidetrack, to sidestep, to skip your reminder. Pretend not to listen, or actually physically not listening. If you are preaching somewhere or talking somewhere, or Muhammad is going into Mecca and he wants to bring this Quran, some of those most miserable, like Al Walid bin Mughira, like Abu Jahl, like Abu Sufyan at the time, they will say, Let's leave. They don't even want to listen. That's al Yatajannam, it is a verb, so it's, it's a verb which, which has the will. It's by will. He decides decisively, willingly, will sidestep and will skip that reminder, will not be reminded. He doesn't want to listen. Like the ayah in Surah Nuh, which, which says when Nuh was complaining, complaining to Allah Azza wa Jal, and Allah told Nuh, okay, Continue conveying your message. And, oh Allah, what do you want me else to do? These guys, these kuffar, every time I invite them, in the I made it public, I made private, everything. But then at the end of the day, they put their clothes on top of their heads so they won't hear. They just cover their, 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 their ears and then they will leave, so they don't want to listen. Same thing here, Al-Ashqa will always try to block your path, so that you don't talk. He will block your, your, your platform, he will not give you a platform to speak. That's what Abu Jahl used to say. He would say, when Muhammad comes out of his home, and comes to the Kaaba, and he wants to read the Quran, I will shut his mouth and I will step on his neck. I will not allow him to speak. I will suffocate him. I don't want him to say anything. So that is a method of the kuffar, what the kuffar can do. Another method, the kuffar, they can take the people and drive them away. So that they don't listen to you. In Surah Sa'd, Allah talks about this. When the mala', when talaq al-mala', al-mala', which means the chiefs, the big elites in Mecca, and Imshu, they were telling the people, Imshu, leave. Leave, go away, and just stick to your gods. So they were driving the people, so they don't listen to Muhammad. So it's not that he is not only listening, he doesn't want to listen, he doesn't want to be reminded, he wants to impact other people so they don't listen. And Imshu, Imshu, leave. Sometimes we, we, we used to face this in the Muslim world a lot. When we stand up and we want to read 
an article or a pamphlet or something for the people, then some some people from the military, the, the police or the Mukhabara, they will come and start pushing the people out from the masjid, leave, leave, go. And then they start to make all types of noise so that people will not hear, will not listen to the, to the message. That's what they used to do at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَيَتَجَلَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَلْ مِنِي يَصْلَ النَّارَ الْكُبْرَى That is the one who deserves to be burned by a nar al-kubra. Remember in, in Surah Al-Lahab al-Masad, we said the word yasla, say yasla naran that lahab, the word yasla, al-sali is the physical burning, physical feeling. And that is a reference to some people who talk about the hellfire and the punishment as being metaphoric. You know, some people, they have this type of strange idea. You say, the Jannah and Jahannam are nothing but metaphor about goodness and badness. They are not real. So, Allah is not real. But Allah in the Quran, He makes a reference to this when He said in Surah Al-Masad, Sayasla naran He will feel the heat, the heat of a fire with a flame. And the word Yasla, you cannot say the word Yasla unless it is physically felt. There is something called, I am burned by a fire. Or you say, just like those people who like, Iqbal talks about ishq. So the ishq is a fire that burns you, which is emotional. That's not real. But he cannot say, the ashq or the lover, yasla, the burning of the fire. He cannot use that word. He cannot say, physically burned, or his hand or his skin gets burned by the fire of love. You could say my heart can, my heart, my emotions, but you cannot say my skin. So a sali is a word that pertains to the skin. So here Allah is repeating this, So his skin will feel the burning of the biggest fire. So it's real fire. This is not metaphoric. So there is no metaphor about hell fire or jannah in the Quran. And many, many references in the future later on, Allah just talks about Allah, fire, hell fire. But in the early days of the revelation, like in Surah Al-Masr, which was two surahs before this one, he took physical yasla, physical burning. Here, yasla nara al-kubra. Then he says, ثُمَّ لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا He will never he will never die in that hellfire. So he, he will be burned, his skin, but he doesn't die. Because there is eternity. How is it possible someone is not dead and not alive? He says, neither dies nor lives. Does that sound contradiction? Well, means eternity. Okay, that's one. So which means he's eternal, he will not, and there is other, other ayat in the Quran that talks about this thing. People would be asking Allah to finish up their life and die even in the hereafter. No, he says that will not happen because there's, there's eternity. Wala Yahya, Yahya means does not enjoy life, does not have a life to, to care for. Just like sometimes when someone is absolutely miserable, is talking about a miserable and ashka, who is absolutely, absolutely poor, absolutely miserable, has nothing, he doesn't have life. 
You say, I don't have life. It's not that he's dead, but he doesn't have life. Walayahya means he doesn't have a life that he cares for. So it doesn't mean that he is not living. Because he has to feel the hidden fire. He has to feel the heat. He has to feel the pain. He has to feel the suffering. So the suffering and the pain and the hell and, and all of these things makes this person as if his life is non-existent. He doesn't like this life. That Yahya means he, he has a life that he doesn't like. And then the other picture, I just want to uh, finish in a few minutes. This is one picture of the one who doesn't want to be reminded. On the other side, and that's the Qur'an style, always gives the two sides. Because those people sometimes they tell us, oh, in the Qur'an, you always talk about punishment, punishment. That's not true. Every time Allah talks about hellfire, He talks about Jannah. Every time He talks about Al-Ashqa, the one who is miserable, He talks about As-Sa'id, the one who is happy. Every time He talks about those who, who are astray, He talks about That's typical in the Qur'an. So those who make some accusations, they don't read the Qur'an and they don't understand it. So the first picture, Allah says, after the reminder of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Mecca and after the reminder we do in this life, there are two types, categories of people. One category is going to sidetrack, sidestep, skip all of this, assume and pretend that they are not hearing and they will continue doing whatever they are doing. They are misguided. They have all types of astray, uh, ill behavior. On the other side, there will always be a group of people who are aflaha man tazakka. They have tazakka. Purity, success, those who listen and obey and abide. Tazakka, as zakah, that's when we say zakah, your money. Zakah comes from the purity, things which is absolutely nice, absolutely good. So you make yourself, your soul is very clean, very pure, as if you take all the impurities and leave it out. And those impurities which are within us, the impurities of nationalism. I would like to, to be bonded with my nationalist people, Arabs, with Arabs, Pakistanis, with Pakistanis, Indians, with Indians, Turks, with Turks. Those are impurities. Aflah, successful, is the one who take this impurity and take it away. Part of the impurity, we like to accumulate wealth. Whether it's halal or haram, doesn't matter. We need more and more. That's impurity. So Islam says, a successful one who takes this impurity and take it away. So only accumulate the wealth that's halal. And even when you accumulate the wealth that's halal, pay some of that wealth to those who need it to the poor. That is tazakkah. Sometimes we like to have double standards. You know, with your relatives, with your, there is a hadith or narration by Abu Bakr, by Umar radiallahu anh, he designated a man to be a wali on sham. He sent him to Sham, one place with the Sham to be, uh, be sub-ruler there. He told them, I hear the Prophet saying that anyone, anyone who makes a decision based on muhabab, muhabab means favor, favorism. You bring someone, you make him your assistant because he's your relative, will never go to Jannah. So that's impurity. When favorism is part of our lifestyle, 
And we don't give the people their what's their rights. That's impurities. The ayah says, You take this impurity out, that's success. You take the riba out, that is success. You take the zina, going around fornication with all types of women and making all types of messy sexual life. Take it, that impurity out, that's tazakka. means a successful person is the one who will be reminded by the Prophet وسلم, by the revelation, by the wahi, and he filters out all of those impurities that he has gathered throughout his life which are not based on Islam. All those notions, all those concepts, all those attitudes, all those behavior, all those ideas that we have accumulated when we were living our luxury life or any type of life away from Islam. And each and every one of us has a story. Allah even reminds the Sahaba, says, Before you became Muslim, that's how you were. You were with Jahiliyyah, you were with Zina, you were with Riba, you were with nationalism, you were fighting one another for no reason. You were doing all types of nonsense. And each and every one of us, before we really understood what our Islam was, before we came, became committed to Islam, quite often we would not pray, quite often we would fast, and we would still slander our people. Quite often we would make riba, we will backbite, quite often we will lie, quite often we will steal, quite often we will take something that doesn't belong to us, quite often we, we batter our women, our wives, our children, quite often we do all of these nasty things. Each and every one of us has a story has something behind we have We have packages that come with, the, with our jahiliyyah, if you will. So then he says, The more you filter out those impurities, the more you filter out these pollutions, the more you filter out those wrong attitudes, the more you filter out those bad things that we used to do, we used to believe in, the more each and every one of us probably in the past we raised a flag high, which is not the flag of Islam. The flag of the so-called independence of Jordan, the flag of Palestine, those colored stripes which the British gave it to the, to the Muslim world. All of these are impurities. Impurities. Muslims have only one and only one flag. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. I have one and only one identity. I am a Muslim. I am Arab simply so that the people know where I came from. But nothing more, nothing less. My Arabism does not count. My Pakistanism, my Torahism doesn't count, none of this. But they used to count for us. We used to love them, we used to adore the fact, oh, I am an Arab. Big deal. You are a Muslim. Impurities. Filter them out. Success, the one who filters out all of these impurities. Work on them. And every time you have an impurity, remember your Rabb. Remember Isma Rabbik, Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh -huh. I better, I better behave the way Allah Azza wa Jal wants. وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى Salla means he bowed down, he submitted. He completely submitted. Not necessarily, not necessarily, oh, I remember Allah Azza wa Jal, I will make two prayers to That's true, but it's more than that. It's submission. You remember Allah Azza wa Jal, you remember your Rabb and you submit. Salah, in this case, complete submission to Allah Azza wa Jal. Because at the time when this surah was revealed, prayer was not established in the same manner we know it. Remember the prayer, at the time, the first 
few months of Islam, it was only the reading of the Quran. There was no the ruku' sujood the way we know. This came later after the Isra. That's when the real prayer was established in the forms that we know. So means he has done once you remember the name of your Rabb, you remember who your Rabb is, then you bow down to Allah Azza wa you submit completely. Whether it's the prayer which we know, whether it's the fasting which we know, whether it's the Hajj which we know, whether it's the abiding by all the words, everything that Allah Azza wa says, Alhamdulillah, I will accept. That's the behavior and attitude of Muslims. Why people wouldn't do that? بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا Those who prefer the, this life they will not do that والآخرة خير وأبقى والآخرة is the one that people would go for it because it's the best it's the one that lasts Those are the contrasting again the Quran is very good at this time the contrast الدنيا you prefer it but that's wrong you should prefer الآخرة because quite often would you like to take a cup of water right now and be happy or would you like later on to have a, a full supply of water that will never vanish I can give you this cup now you'll be okay but that's it you'll never have anything more what if I give you a full supply a continuous and everlasting supply of water which one you will choose oh Allah Azza says those who are Al-Ashqa, Al-Shaqi, you will go for this. Say, I want this now. Forget about what's later. But you will take it and it will be over in a few seconds. You will drink it, it's over. Then you lose. And Allah repeats this in many other places. In Surah Al-Ahzab, he talks about this type of preference. You prefer your immediate desire. You fulfill desire now, but Allah has something everlasting for you. And that we need to talk about more, inshallah, in other places. Finally, he says, by the way, by the way, this is not something new. And that's when I said, remind, something that the people know. By the way, he's just saying, it's a reminder, because this is not new. I have already stated that previously in the books which I revealed to Ibrahim and Musa. And you know Ibrahim and Musa. And you, you hear of them. So this is not something new. This is a reminder of something that Allah has already installed in this world. He had sent many prophets, many messengers with the same mission, with the same idea, with the same concept. So what I am talking to you about here is not something new. I am reminding you because this is not something new. You should have known that. This has been already established. This has been said. So I'm just reminding them. I'm just bringing it out of your brain so that you, you use it. And what is it that could keep you from using this? Is your, the way you make preferences. The, make you, the way you make your choices. The way the people make their choice, and that's what makes them go wrong, because of their preference. You prefer something that's immediate. You are too hungry, okay, I can give you a food. Could be a bad food or a good food, but that will be your last meal. Take it, it will be your last meal. But if you are, if you have summer, make summer, one day or two days or until the sunset, 
I will give you meals that will never vanish. People will go to the, the Al-Ashqa will go to the immediate. Al-Ashqa. The Al-As'ad, the one who is Tazakka, he will prefer the one that's our last name. That's the immediate. The one with brains. And this is the end of the surah. Zakumullahu khairan. Thank you very much. Assalamualaikum. We'll entertain a few questions or comments and then go to the coffee break. I know it's getting late, but it's not late. The, the mic is still young. It's just uh, one hour after I share. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.